Hey listeners, it's Brady here from the Inside Running Podcast, coming to you on a Tuesday this week, which is a bit rare because we've uh, got a bit of a treat for you guys. We've got the third episode of The Long and the Short of It, the first about 40 minutes of their podcast that's running over on Patreon at the moment for our Patreon supporters at the Patreon Extra Elite level. So if you're keen to listen to more of uh, Jessica Stenson, Luke Matthews, and Louis McAfee, you can um, hear the previous four episodes they've done and the next six episodes still to come in their season. When you uh, sign up to Patreon Extra Elite, there are also about 100 bonus episodes that you also get instant access to. So um, there's 67 episodes of The Road to Nowhere with Nick Earl, Ali Pashley, and Joel Tobin White. They have plenty of laughs on their show and um, obviously talk about their training as well. Three three amazing distance runners, so a lot of valuable training insights there. Also documents all of Ali's build-up towards the Tokyo Olympics. So um, yeah, pretty cool listening there. There's also seven episodes of The Road to New York with Sinead Diver and Ali Pashley. So this was a series that Moose did with those two leading into the 2019 New York City Marathon, where they both had amazing performances there as well. So some cool insights into their training weeks and um, an episode after their race, hearing about their reflections of the New York City Marathon. We've also got an eight-week series with the UK guys, so Paul Marcelletti, uh, Pete LeGrice and Matty Klaus talking about the Road to Valencia Marathon in 2020. So uh, it was interesting to hear how the boys over in the UK were prepping for that marathon, especially when Valencia was um, probably one of the only marathons that happened in 2020 with the pandemic going on. So that was pretty interesting listening there. We've also got uh, a few listener question bonus episodes there. So we often ask our Patreon supporters to send in some listener questions and then we just have some episodes unpacking them, mostly about training. So uh, some good insights on those episodes as well. And there's also a few episodes called Inside the Olympics. So I sat down with Ben St. Lawrence and we spoke about his 2012 London Olympic experience and Croak sat down with Maddie Heiner and spoke about her 2016 Rio Olympic experience uh, where she was top 10 in both the 3k steeple and the 5k. So pretty cool to hear about that and in those episodes we also included like commentary from their races. So it's um yeah, I found it pretty interesting kind of hearing Benny talk about those races and then throw into commentary of what was actually happening in that race he's speaking about. So hopefully they're pretty good audio experiences there. Uh, what else is on there? I'm trying to think. Oh, if you're on that level, you also get the show. You get the uncut version of the show on a Monday night. So we record on Monday night. Um, fresh off the weekend results and then we send it to Patreon and then if we have to make any edits or add in any ads or anything like that that goes on the Wednesday release so there's sometimes a few differences in the Monday Patreon version of the show and the Wednesday version of the show Um, oh there's some friends of the show episodes so these happen when COVID first hit uh, where we just call some people that have good connections to the Inside Running podcast and chat with them about what was happening in their life. So I know there's one with Betty St. Lawrence on there. I know there's one with Jared Clifford on there. Uh, my mate Christian from Norway, I think he'd just come back from Kenya at that stage. So I caught up with him for another episode. 
uh, on that kind of bonus feed there. And also Zach Newman, a guy who does a lot of work with us behind the scenes, um, we spoke about is kind of involved in running marketing. And um, yeah, we kind of spoke with him about all things distance running. So they're on there as well. So I think there's about 95 bonus episodes that you instantly get access to if you were to support us on that level. The way Patreon works is um, they bill at the start of every month. So that's why this is coming out the first day of Feb. Um, what else do I need to tell you about Patreon, Patreon, Patreon? Oh, you get your own RSS feed. So um, you might see on our social media, sometimes we share photos from our Patreon supporters and it's a different like cover art. So you get a separate RSS feed, which then you add into your podcast player, which then picks up all the, the Patreon feed, which is different to the general release feed. So all your episodes instantly kind of appear in that feed. I think I've done, banged on for way too long as it is, but hopefully that gives you a bit of an insight into what the Inside Running podcast looks like over on Patreon. Obviously, podcasts are free to listen to, definitely not free to make the amount of hours that go into putting this show out every week. Um, And also Shoe Geeks, which goes out monthly, is, yeah, they add up quite a lot and um, a few costs behind the scenes. So if you're in a financial position to support the show and you think it brings you value, if it brings you that, uh, you know, 15 I think it's $18 with the US conversion worth of value a month. We'd love to have your support over there on Patreon. Uh, and really, yeah, sit back and enjoy this uh, first 40 minutes of the long and the short of it, episode three. Cheers, guys. And we'll see you on the Wednesday release of episode 222, which will be out tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Welcome to episode number three of the Long and the Short of It podcast series. A massive thanks to our Patreon subscribers who have made this episode possible. Big show coming at you this week. We're going to hear from the three panellists' weekly recaps. We've got a few new segments to talk about. Uh, Interesting to hear their opinions on a few bits of running news that have popped up in the last 24 hours. And also be talking about Zatapec, which uh, at least one of these guys will be competing in this time next week. Welcome to one of the panellists of the show. He's back home, the King of Queensland, Louis McAfee. How are you going? Yeah, doing good. I uh, listened to that episode yesterday, and um, Jamie Laverty, someone shouted him out. I think it was Moose shouted him out. Mm -hmm. Um, Queensland boy turned party boy. He was never really a party boy, but he is in Boulder. (laughs) (laughs) That's the guy, yeah, Patreon supporter. So he'll be listening to this. Do you reckon he's only signed up to Patreon to hear you? Do you know him pretty well? Oh, I don't think so. I think he probably would have de-signed up if you could do that. Okay. Uh, how's things at home before we get to the other two? Yep, good. Living the dream. That's good. Hear more about your week in a second here. The other co-host, not in Melbourne this week. He is in Sydney doing our, an internship. Luke Matthews, welcome to this week's episode. Thanks for having me, guys. Third episode, very exciting. Seven more to go. Can't wait. And we have adjusted your microphone settings, so you sound a bit louder than the last two weeks, and I'm looking forward to uh, yeah, hearing from your week and hearing your opinion on a few things in the next uh, 45, 50 minutes or so. Yeah, it should be good. I mean, maybe that was, um, it was probably Louis. He just was fucking up with my microphone because he probably didn't like my voice or something. But, um, you know, sometimes the haters try to bring you down, but I'm ready to just smash through them and just forget about Louis. And I'll keep bringing you down. <laughs> And you've got your own segment for the first time this week as well, which we'll talk about a bit later on. So uh, thank you for doing some homework leading into it into this week's episode. Yeah, um, I'm actually 
Is it? Wait, is that? Is that? Is this going to be a weekly thing? Because if it is, yeah, I'm um, thinking so. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because I there was a period of time, and uh, actually, I'm probably still in that period where all I do is. Yeah, all I do is study, essentially, for a question like this, and I'm finally getting it in my life. <laughs> I thought it would be a good fit for you. And our other co-host over in Adelaide, the fastest female to ever run a marathon on Australian soil, Jessica Stenson, welcome to this week's episode. Thank you. What's going on in Adelaide? Looking to this one. Hot? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty warm. Actually, perfect temperature, really. Um, I love these days, just blue skies and uh, around like high 20s, low 30s, so it's been nice. Cooling down overnight, though, or staying warm? Uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago it was staying warm. We had to keep the, um, the air con on it overnight, but it's been all right this week. All right. Tell us about your training week. So this will be the week probably oh, 10, 11 days out from Zatapak for you. You're starting with me, are we? Yep, starting with you. Yep, yep. all right. Wait, when, when, when is Zatapak, by the way? Next Wednesday Sorry, when night. Is that a... Australia Day, the yeah, 26th. Fuck, is it Australia Day next Wednesday? Fuck, where the... Fuck me, this year's flown by. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, 26 days in, not even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this week was a bit different for me. So last week on the show, I mentioned that I had just a little bit of a hip niggle. Um, so that was on the Wednesday and, um, yeah, that ended up not really settling down. So if I go back to last Monday, I did 60 minutes in the morning and that was after I'd done a sort of a, my longest run in a very long time, two and a half hours um, through Kaipo Forest and it had been quite a hilly run. So I took it pretty easy on the Monday, um, so 13.40 for the one hour. And then the Thunderbirds netball team, I'm um, sort of, yeah, I go along to a fair few of their games and have a bit of a, a relationship with the team um, as sort of their number one ticket holder. So I took them for a fitness session, which was a bit of fun. They had just come off the Christmas break and all of the netball girls were, um, yeah, they were kind of pumped, but also don't some of them don't really enjoy the running session. So I gave them four, <laughs> four by 1K broken up into um, 400 on 400 float or jog and then 200 on. So that was fun. I um, did the warm-up with them and one of the 1Ks. And then that afternoon just had a 40-minute um, elliptical session. On Tuesday, I went out to the track with Team Tempo and I just had a – it was a smaller session. It was 6.7 Ks in total um, for the actual session. So I did a 20-minute warm-up. It was four sets of um, 800 on 200 jog, 400 on, but it was all pretty controlled. The 800s were like 76s per lap and then the 400s were like 71, 72 um, sort of seconds. I had a little bit of a tight hit, but it wasn't bothering me. And then that afternoon went out for my jog and it just didn't feel quite right. Like I had a bit of tightness there, a bit of an ache that didn't um, warm up, which is unusual. Usually any niggles I have within five minutes, I'm not feeling them. So after 25 minutes, I stopped and um, – yeah, the next day just cross-trained. I did 70-minute elliptical session just at home and I just had it on the Rolling Hills session. I actually listened to a good podcast that day. It was um, uh, on her game and it was they interviewed Sinead, Sinead Diver. So 
so um, that was really cool to hear her backstory. Like I know Sinead is a friend and about all of her running results, but she went like way back into her history and, and yeah, growing up in Ireland and some of the, yeah, school experiences she had and she used to play what, a bit of basketball. What's, what's that called? I actually wouldn't mind listening to mm. that. So it's Sam Squires, the, um, the podcast is called On Her Game and you'll have to just go back a few weeks and you'll see Sinead in there. There's one like Yana Pittman. I listened to that one recently and she's got a lot of like the um, – the women's footballers and um, she has Liz Clay in there as well, um, Fairfield, the Puma athletes, because I think they sponsor the show. Is it long-form, um, Jess? Like, did it go for a while? Um, I think they're usually around 50 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's good. I've heard yeah. that a couple of times on, like, commercial radio and they just ask, like, a mum question and then pretty much move on. Like, that's no, a no, like, this, quick chat. This is, yeah, I won't spoil it for you, but just um, she... Yeah, had a bit of a tough time uh, early at school um, with the system there, so mm. it was interesting. I'm on their um, website. They're, they're like they're loaded with female athletes, like good ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, really good. Yeah, you'll have fun scrolling back through those. Um, <coughs> so that was Wednesday. Wasn't feel like it didn't hurt during the elliptical, but just doing things with Billy. I could feel it like when I sort of would twist to pick him up and so by Thursday I did another elliptical session in the morning for an hour and then um, decided to see the sports doctor and um, he sort of reassured me he didn't think it was anything bony because naturally I was a bit worried with my um, history of marathon prep since having Billy. I've had a couple of bone injuries Um, so we just decided I'd keep cross-training for a few more days um, so on Friday, I went for a swim to change it up. Um, I actually wrote here, felt like a fish out of water in the water. I grew up with heaps of swimming. Like my mum was a swimming instructor in Narracourt where we grew up. We had a, a pool in our backyard and ran this sort of town swim school out of our backyard. So I was an assistant instructor and did a lot of lifeguarding, but I still just, I feel so unnatural in the water. So I started with freestyle um, and just my breathing was all over the place and went to breaststroke <laughs> and then I just resorted to doing like a water running session. Hey, um, Jess. Was, yes. Um, just, a que- uh, just a question about the hip. Um, do you do you think that the hip tightness is more like load related or um, like a um, – like you're favouring one side or well, like what, what do you put it down to? Because I'm just thinking like it, with the hip, if you're still doing water running in elliptical, yeah, um, is there a chance that you could still, uh, just because it's only come on in the last few days, or like, well, I mean that you've always, you've always had stuff going around, but because this one specifically, like could the water running in the elliptical still be aggravating it a little bit or do you reckon? Um, yeah, yeah, I was um, wondering that when I <clears throat> got on the elliptical for the first time and it didn't um so it's the it's the hopping or the like the landing on that side that eccentric load that hurts it so the elliptical it feels fine particularly when I've got a decent level of resistance one day I had it on a really low resistance and on the up I could feel it and um that's where sort of thinking in my mind maybe it is more muscular hip flexor because it was when I had sort of actively 
lift my leg. But um, yeah. when I'm running, it's definitely on the, the landing and the stance phase. And when I was in the water, it didn't seem to be hurting at the time. But, yes, definitely, you know, things don't always hurt in the moment, but you could still be aggravating it and it pulls up a bit sore afterwards. So I've sort of been, you know, during the week I was trying to figure these things out, not wanting to stop training altogether I took a rest day completely on Saturday to see if that helped it at all with those same thoughts I could cross training even though I'm not feeling it in the moment be aggravating it um so on the I did a core session that day on the Sunday I tried to sort of mimic a bit of a long run and again did the elliptical for 70 minutes and that was a session that I do a lot on the elliptical when I have a longer um, session it's um, I do a warm-up for about 10 minutes and then I do five minutes on five by one minutes four minutes on four by one minute three minutes on three by one minute da, 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 right down to one and um, that kind of gets me through it I just have a one minute recovery and then jump straight onto the bike which again I wasn't sure whether the bike would hurt it at all the bike was was fine um so anyway i i spoke to the doctor and i ended up having an mri and got the result and it is a just a mild um, muscle strain of the rectus femoris which is like a hip flexor but also a, a knee extender so it's kind of like a quad muscle um as well as a hip flexor and yeah we've i'm just reintroducing running now so yeah, mild mild muscle strain. I would hate to feel a moderate or a severe muscle strain based on how uncomfortable this one has been. But we're just going to kind of work together to, to reload. And obviously I stop at Sunday, but I've been reloading and things are going pretty well. So hopefully I'll be able to just, um, yeah, get back into the, the full running training, incorporating cross training fairly smoothly. So was it the track, Jess? Like, was it something that triggered it on the athletics track doing that workout? That, or was it just oh, a combination of things? I actually think it might have been that hilly long run on the Sunday. Like, we had quite a, a bit of down, <laughs> a bit of downhill running, and I think that made my, <laughs> that made my quads really tight. And then I went out for that track session, probably. Um, yeah, just thinking, oh, they'll warm up, it'll be fine. But um, something must have happened in that that time because it was sort of that afternoon that um, it the pain set in. And I haven't really had muscle strains before other than a few little calf ones. So this makes me appreciate how much it must hurt when people, like, properly blow a hamstring. Mm. Or <laughs> uh, so um, no Zatapak next week. All the eyes are on the marathon now. That's right, yeah, which is really disappointing. I was looking forward to Zatapak this year. I haven't run one since um, late, well, the end of 2018, and this year's field's incredible. Right as I sort of did this injury, the, the start list came out. I was like, ah, <laughs> it's a, yeah, really good women's field, and so I'll be excited to watch it, that's for sure. Oh, well, later in the show when I ask you who's going to win, you can um, say someone without, without any bias now because you're not in the field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. that's right. <laughs> um, when can you give us details on what marathon you're doing? 
Oh, I think it should be fine um, to say it now. So to get the um, actual name right. So it's in Osaka, but it's not the women's only Osaka marathon. It's um, it's the combined 10th Osaka marathon and 77th Lake Biwa Mainichi, Mainichi marathon. Yeah, that's it. Um, Lake, Lake Biwa, that's... Uh... That's uh, Moosey's marathon, isn't it? That is. So that. Sorry, sorry. It's Earl's marathon. Nick Earl's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, um, that folded and then combined with this one, I think. You might know more, Jess. No, I don't know much about the history of it. I was a bit confused because I know the Osaka Women's Marathon, which I think is a little bit later, maybe. I, I don't know if they still have. That's the one that they give out, like, Tiffany, like, necklaces and stuff to all the Oh, finishers. that's Nagoya. Oh, Nagoya. So I've done Nagoya a couple of times, and that's in that's on International Women's Day in early March. That's um, the one that Ali did for her PB, wasn't it? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I ran that one in 2012 and 14, and I think Ellie did it in was it 18? I think it was 19. The start 19. of 19. Yeah, that was the same day as Lake Biwa when Moose and Nick had that battle. Yes, because that was her Olympic <laughs> qualifying run as well. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Jess, how far away is that? Like, what's the date? It's like, an eight hour, it's, it's like an eight-hour flight, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, um, five weeks. So I'm pretty happy with the training that I've um, done to this point. I just need to um, get through this little patch smoothly and I'm pretty familiar with cross training these days so it doesn't scare me as much as it used to to have to you know um combine running and and ellipticaling so um yeah I'll just keep working with my physio and the sports doctor to to make sure I'm um doing enough but not too much you know you're always kind of riding that line a bit when you're preparing for a, a marathon with a bit of a niggle but um yeah I'm feeling better about it now than I did a week ago what will the field be like, Jess? Oh, sorry, Luke. Uh, so I think in the past um, the women's field hasn't actually been all that strong. They haven't invited a lot of international runners in and perhaps um, the Japanese runners have opted for perhaps Nagoya a couple of weeks later. But this year they're trying to, um, I think, ramp it up a bit and they've got a few international runners. Um, I think there might be some East African runners in there and I'm not sure which local uh, runners will be competing because Nagoya Marathon is going to be huge this year as well because they've announced that they've um, got, I think it's the, the most prize money for a women's marathon ever. 250000 um, US, isn't it? For the that's win? right, yeah. yeah. So that will, I think, attract a lot of um, attention, that marathon. So it will be interesting to see this one being a, a few weeks earlier. Um, I'm sure there'll still be a lot of Japanese um, depth, uh, yeah, yeah, and strength hey, in this um, field. I've got got uh, two. Well, I had one question for you, Jess, but um, I'll ask the first one because it's kind of on the topic. Because um, because I don't know if it still exists, but in the men, I know, I know it was definitely in the men's marathon. Remember they had that uh, that incentive where if you broke the Japanese record, you got the equivalent yeah. of a million. Of a million dollars US. Mm. Did, the, did the did the women have that as well in Japan, or was it just the males? I'm not sure. I feel like that was in modern enough times that the women would have had a, a similar incentive. But I, yeah, I really don't know. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, the other one that I was going to ask, um, just because yeah, I actually yeah, just got an idea. Um, how 
I'd say one, have you, like what has, with all the marathons you've done, have you done any cross training or like, yeah, have you done cross training in the lead up to a marathon like you're currently doing in the past? And if you have, how mm. have they gone or how has it gone? If Yeah. Yeah, so the first marathon that I needed to, um, you know, cross-train in the lead-up to was the Glasgow Commonwealth Games in 2014. That was when I had a um, second met stressy. And that was, um, you know, quite a long period of running, um, you know, a few months before the marathon. And then I was able to do a fair bit of running still before the marathon. And at the time I ran a, a PB in that race. So that one sort of showed me that you can get there with cross training and then I had um, the same injury in the other foot in the lead up to Rio so um, I was doing a lot on the ultra G treadmill before that one and then um, the recent um, Perth marathon I yeah I did a lot of elliptical training in the lead up to that one my mileage was a fair bit lower my running mileage was a fair bit lower compared to other marathons and I was still happy with the result there so I've kind of learned that mentally if you can get through the cross training um, as long as you get some really good quality long runs and and long sessions in you know getting a feel for your um, ideal sort of marathon pace you you can um, still get a result that you you're looking for it's just you have to keep trusting the process because it's pretty scary when you're comparing to you know marathon preps where you were running you know 180 k's a week when you see that you're only getting up to 130 or 140 but um certainly the cross training seems to still be effective particularly i think the elliptical because it does mimic running a bit um but yeah i think well i mean that's good to hear it's good that you've had um some decent like well actually some really good results of cross training because i think like the biggest thing was that so you could learn from this um dodging races I've never been a great learner, but um, I'll try. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I, I think like the biggest thing with cross training, and I, I know it, I know it for myself. I kind of learned a little bit last year. Is like I feel like the biggest thing is like believing that cross training is actually doing a thing. But now that you've actually got a good de- good sample size and you've got good results on the back of a cross training within lead up, I feel like you're always going to have that confidence like in the back of your mind. So. Yeah, uh, it's just as I said, it's not as enjoyable. Like I love being out with the squad, running yeah. with them, and you know the feeling of doing your marathon-specific sessions when you've got your your teammates around you firing you up is is great. So as long as you still, um, you know, make sure you're getting a few of those ones in, <laughs> and then you've got some good podcasts to listen to during the cross training or um, YouTube clips in your case. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey Jess, we got talking on our podcast this week about um, the role of managers and how people get into races. There was a listener who wrote in really interested about it and Moose made the point to bring it up on this podcast because obviously, you know, um, you get into international races and, and Luke, I think you'll have some good stuff to add here as well. I'm not sure about you, Louis, but we'll be able to um, no. ask you the same question. <laughs> but, but could you guys maybe... Hey, hey Louis, just, just, go on, just go on mute for this one, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> but Jess, could you maybe talk us through the process of how you get into these races? We weren't sure who your manager was when we were talking about it on our show. Yeah, so I'm with Posso um, Sports. So I they've been helping me since... Uh, Spanish. 2012. Spanish. Uh, based in um, America, actually. So Derek, Derek is my ma- manager specifically. But Louis, Louis, who owns the business, I think. Actually, yeah, I think he's. I don't know where he lives, actually, but I think he's 
possibly Spanish. <laughs> um, so yeah. I got into my very first marathon um, in early 2012. So that was the Nagoya Marathon, actually. And that was through reaching out to Posso Sports, who um, Chris Wardlaw actually um, got us onto. And then uh, they've helped me to get into races ever since. But after um, having Billy in uh, late 2019, it was quite challenging to get into races. And I think, well, one, I'd just had a baby, but two, um, COVID meant that there were, I think, smaller fields and, you know, marathons were inviting less international runners because um, there were all of the logistical challenges. And um, so, yeah, it was basically Perth Marathon that kind of enabled me then to um, get get the opportunity to get into an international into an international field again. So, uh, yeah, getting time on the board to then have the bargaining chips to be able to present to races, I suppose. Yeah. And look, there are still doubts, um, with the COVID situation. And I think two Japanese races have now been cancelled in January. So I'm well aware that, you know, (laughs) I could get the, uh, email to say that, um, you know, this one may not be going ahead. So you've just got to always be thinking about other possibilities if, if that were to happen. Yeah, I see Maragami, the half marathon, where Brett set the Australian record, just got cancelled yesterday. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a great worry. race. Yeah. Sad. And Luke, can you maybe just talk us through, Stephen Haas, still your manager? Yeah, so I'm with Haas. Um, yeah, so he's American-based um, and he's he works under Total Sports. But um, Australians, we've got... Who do we have? We've got. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Charlie Hunter signed. But um, away from of late, Jessica Hull, Morgan McDonald. Um, I'm pretty sure Jenny Blundell randomly is with Haas too. Um, so yeah, a few Australians. But yeah, way that the way that um, managers work in athletics. Uh, well, I'd say track because I think management. I, I feel like management for marathons are a bit different because um, you kind of have contracts with the race, um, whereas in in I feel like in pure track, like pretty much what what Hass does for me is um, he'll get me. Well, firstly he'll he'll he got me my contract, so he dealt with um, all the various brands and then kind of gave me an option of things, and then I ended up picking the the, the best deal pretty much. Um, and then yeah, they'll they'll obviously take a commission. So I'm pretty sure in uh, in athletics it's pretty standard to have 15% on anything, um, which I don't know. You kind of you kind of look at it, and fifteen percent it does seem like a lot. But when you when you're traveling and you're doing everything overseas, you do you do see it. So um, we, away from that, Hass also gets me into all the European races, um, and then he'll also kind of if I want to go to Flagstaff, he'll look after my flights there. Um, he'll look after my accommodation, and then he'll obviously take the fees, like what it costs him, out of my um out of my like contract money. Um, and then yeah, it's pretty. It's it's a yeah. So pretty much yeah, a track agent. They get you into races. They um, they sort your contract out. They deal with all your travel, um, and yeah, they try to just put you in the best positions possible to um to succeed. Um, so yeah, originally was with originally was with Nick, and um, even though I think he's a fucking prick of a bloke, um, I think that he runs a really good business in the sense that he gets people into their races. He Put, puts a good team around people and um, he's a good businessman. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of my two experiences, I suppose. Hey, and then while we're talking on this topic, the um, the Patrick Tiernan news that came out last week, like, do you have any speculation about that or what do you reckon happened there? 
Um, I to oh yeah. To be honest, I I I spoke to Pat. Um, and I he I just said oh um I just asked him what the plan was, but he kind of didn't really give, give me much. Um, but my my assumption is probably just that um. Because he, because he's with um, uh, he's with Oregon Track Club, which pretty mm. much means that you have to be with Nike to uh, you have to be with Nike to be with those teams. And sometimes, if people know that you have an allegiance to say a Mark Rowland or a Jerry Schumacher, um, there's a chance that they could really lowball you because it's like, well, we know yeah. you're going to stay with Nike because we know you're going to stay with the coach type thing. Um, so what I reckon's happened, it's either it's I reckon it's probably just Nike have given him an offer um, a lot less than what he wanted or a lot less than he deserved or a lot less than he was, um, yeah, what he should get. And, um, yeah, I'm assuming, I th- I'm pretty sure he's still with Nick. So I'm, I'm assuming Nick seems to have a pretty good relationship with Puma at the moment. I reckon Nick came in and said, Hey, we'll get you, we'll get you a really good contract with Puma and that's that. So, um, so yeah, but the, the, I think the sad thing for him is that he, him and his fiance, fiance, wife, fiance, yeah. him and his fiance moved, yeah, him and his fiance moved all the way to or- like from Philadelphia, like Villanova, all the way to um, Eugene, Oregon, like literally like the longest travel you can do, based there. Um, and now Pat pretty much has to leave his coach less than twelve months later. So um, yeah, it's tough. a tough one, but at the end of the day, like he's an adult, he's got yeah. he's, he's to eat, he's got to put, he's got to put. And he's got to put um, a roof over his head. But yeah, that's honestly that's what I reckon it is. And I'm saying that fully out of speculation. And I might have that completely wrong, but that's what I think happened. Yeah, I just wonder what the situation would have been like if he held it together that last lap at the Olympics. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it was one lap off, probably having one of the best 10k that we've seen in an Olympic 10k for an Australian for such a long time. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's I mean, it it, it, it is interesting with Nike because you got to think like. Um, you got to think like people like Leo Manzano. He won the Olympic silver medal in mm. um, he won the Olympic silver medal in 2012, and he got dropped by Nike at the end of that year. So, um, yeah, they're pretty savage. But yeah, like, they do, yeah. I mean, it's uh, they're, they're well, yeah. There it's is, a business at the moment, for everyone, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a business. Yeah, it's a business on from the from the business and from the athletes. So. Um, just before oh. to answer your question, sorry, Luke. So Lewis Posso, who owns the business, he's Colombian. And he um, he manages um, soccer players as well. Oh, Footballers, right. yeah. Tess has done a bit of quick Google in there just to make sure she's got the uh, I did. I was correct. like, speak Spanish, Brazilian, uh, Colombian. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, um, I learnt in, I, I'm, yeah, I learnt when I went to the Olympics in Brazil, which was in, um, you said Brazilian. They speak, uh, they speak Portuguese, don't they? Yeah, it's, I get confused. They're very similar languages. I've got a Brazilian auntie, and that's right, it is Portuguese, which is quite similar in some ways, I I'm, think. I'm, I'm pretty well. Pretty well. <laughs> uh, let's go to Louis. You're still there, mate? You got anything to add about the management stuff, or are you going to go straight into your week? Um, oh, oh, wait, can I just quickly say something? Can I just Certainly. Um, did... Uh... <laughs> When Jess was talking about uh, training with the Firebirds and she did the Thunderbirds, with the Thunderbirds. <laughs> did you did you get did you get a little bit scared and like you know feel like some stitches uh, stitches being pulled out when Jess mentioned four hundreds with floats? Me. <laughs> <laughs> That's been your kryptonite of late, hasn't it? It has. Who runs four hundreds these days, though? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> No, I was jealous. 
The Thunderbirds are the real deal. Yeah, no, it was a bit of fun. I wanted to be a Thunderbird when I was a young girl. I loved netball um, centre and uh, dreamed of playing for the Thunderbirds and, yeah, didn't quite get there. So this was a bit of a dream for me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Louis, tell us what race be- the week before the race week looks like. All right. Um, so I started at Falls until Friday. So I went an hour on Monday. Um very relaxed with Rose and there's a couple of guys from um, Bendigo that wanted to go slow so I was all about that Um, and then Tuesday morning we did K's so 20 minute warm up we did it on the top aqueduct because it was bucketing down rain and it was um, yeah just going to be too bad on um, that trail that they usually use so the top aqueduct is a lot better for footing um, drains pretty well when you rain when it rains. So there, was, Riley Wolf came to that one, and anyone who can make me look good in a running photo, I'm all about. And he did a half decent job. So he's hoping, very good, isn't he? <laughs> he's bloody good. So hoping that he's going to be there for Zanapec and uh, might get some pics of that. Hey, can you clear something up for me? Um, Andy Buchanan, I was talking to him. He reckons he led five of the eight reps. Didn't get a photo. <laughs> it's probably too he's ugly. Not a part of MTC, that's why. He also reckons he's also done Zadipec twice, fifty laps, never got a photo either. He's too ugly then. Something against him. <laughs> Maybe. Can you, did he do the five though out the front, Andy? Who else in that group with you? I pull up again, so I was out the back. <laughs> Uh, Any horses this week, Louis? What's that? No. Any horses? No. Nah, so um, they're all just out on those trails. So usually you drive like yeah, the 10 minutes out to the um, Langfords and they're all out there. But there was – so we just did it at the top of the village. Um, no horses. Actually really, really good uh, weather apart from the rain. Um, and I lasted – four reps and then I blew up so it was better than last week um, but I didn't blow up too much so I was pretty stoked then I won the Arvo run that day uh, yes like, <laughs> this uh, is the content I won it's his hut run again on the Wednesday so that was like 16k um, that run is so good uh, like it's I really run. I love it it's good. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> that fucking hill is like I've I've lost my soul a couple of times on that first hill, but after that, it's a great run. I think you're just allergic to hard work. <laughs> it's nice oh, as a joke, hey. but that workout you're doing it's hard. Like the oh, Wednesday hey, over, Louis, it's okay. nice. Brady, I saw that Louis, you uh, the... got the um, course record for that. I yeah, think. I don't know how because I reckon I was tenth that day that I've got the course record on it. But it was one of those years when everyone fanged it from the start. You know, all the Sydney boys. Yeah, you like, did it in like sixty-three minutes or something. That's quick. But nah, but we we cheated. We made all the game. Like we were going three fifties out of the car. Yeah, and then the downhill, you were going like two fifties. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just a time <laughs> trial the whole time. It was all those um. Hey um. All those Sydney Louis, guys. What? What um? What? Because I saw Rainer and a few others did Spion Cove or whatever it's called. What um? Did you decide to not work hard that day or something? Oh, 
I actually was gonna do it with Andy, and he oh, said yeah, we'll, do, we'll do five minute Ks, and then Rainer said that he was gonna do it, so I bowed out because I knew. Nah, running, running with Rainer sucks. Like jogging with Rainer sucks. It's not fun. It's too you quick. Too quick. Like three yeah. fifties. I'm like, this is not. I'm in no man's land. I'm cooked. So I decided against it. Plus, it was like a 22k loop, um, and. I wanted to do my Arvo 20 minutes, so I got out and did that. No strides, though, so <laughs> I actually, most of the piss out of me last week, but I actually really like that Arvo, like just getting out in the Arvo, especially at Falls, because there's nothing you can, there's nothing to do, and I think it was raining that day, so we, yeah, we just sat in the room the whole time, so I needed to get out and do something, so I did 20 minutes in the Arvo. Um, and then quarters on Thursday. This is actually the most I've ever blown up in a session. So I was on a streak. I think that was five in a row um, of I ran, I think it was like 16.10 all up. So I started slower. I started like 70, 72 for the first 400 and I ended at 82. The last one. <laughs> I was pretty much just flatlining. But everyone was blowing up around me, so I didn't feel too bad. Like the week before, I was the only one, but this week, like you just looked at people and they were looking at the ground. It was just a whole lot of anger in that session. Like no one. Oh, no one. I, um, I actually saw a funny photo of you, Louis. Um, oh, wait, where is it? It's was it that 2013 one? Nah, so so okay, so it's Ben, it's Ben Buck. Okay, so Kirsty Rayner, Jack Rayner's mum posted it. It's a photo. It must be. A, it's a photo of Ben Buckingham. Um, is it uh, Lee, uh, Tim yeah. Vincent, and is it, and Liam Booden or something? Is that his name? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So it's I'm a photo. Of, it's, a, it's, a, it's a photo of them, and then it's you. It's Jude Thomas, and you like pretty much all in a train. And then she uploads a photo three photos later, and it's it's Bucks, it's Bucks and Liam, and you are nowhere to be seen. <laughs> and then I caught Jude; he blew up even more. So I was pretty stoked with that. Although he's like eighteen, so <laughs> he's eighteen. It's the I'm looking at your splits now. That it's the floats that are killing you. Like you're hitting forty one and forty for the first two, and that's where the U turn in there, isn't it? Yeah, I know. That, that's, that's too quick. You wouldn't float that quick on the track, would you? Yeah, it was... I don't really like that. Like, I mean, as you know, Falls Creek is like a big measuring contest. So I think they were obviously just trying to put it on each other. But I just can't train like that. Like, I don't really get up for sessions. I especially don't get up for sessions that are on that little, like, one-foot radius of you mm. running in this big trail, like... Yeah, but if you're hitting 40 seconds at 200 with a U-turn on that track, that's a 34 on the on an athlete's track. Yeah, yeah, not not so ideal. So no wonder you're popping. Yeah, yeah. Bucks actually uploaded this photo the other day of me, and it's like he's tagged me in it, but I'm 100 meters in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thanks, mate. <laughs> um, I did see that master of the first rep. Yeah. And um, he was tagged in there. So I think 
he'd said thanks for the tag or something. I wondered what the backstory was. <laughs> yeah, because he tagged me in this photo like Falls Creek rolling and it's me rolling about 100 <laughs> Did he tag you in it? Yeah, no. He's not got a bad bone in his body, so it definitely wasn't having a crack. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I did AK in the Arvo. I didn't win the Arvo run, actually. I was so cooked that Thursday Arvo, so I just went super slow. Um, every every run up there that I was cooked after the session, I was like, I'm just going to run really slow. I'm going to try and run like 4.45 to 5 minutes because that's what I usually run here. And it's so hard to do that there. Like everyone runs 4.20s. So if you're not running that, then you're like three minutes behind and then that's just running by yourself and it's boring. So didn't end up running. I think I was like 4.40s, which is probably my slowest run there, which was all right. And then Friday we did – that was my last run up there – um, did an hour and a bit um, with uh, the tower run um, and then flew home that day so got dropped at Albury is that how I say it? Albury just Albury it's like, it's like a W Albury isn't it New South Wales? yeah that's on New South yeah. Wales side and Wodonga's on the Victorian side yeah so shouldn't it be Brady telling me how to say it not Luke Nah, it's like I'm on the same river, but I'm like four hours away. Luke's probably nearly closer as the as the crow flies. Uh, I drove uh, through it. Um, I don't know. Just stop. Give a bit of money to the local economy. Buy a coffee or something. <laughs> it's actually got a real uh, coffee shop. I, there, was, there was a there was a Macca's like just after Aubrey, so I stopped there instead. Yeah, don't bypass into the little small towns. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Um, yeah, then I flew home and did went to training on Saturday morning with um, Jacko and ended my streak. So I actually had a good session. Um, we did four by a mile. And, four by a mile? No, we did um, one mile, then four by four, one mile, four by four. So the mile was at threshold. And then the fours were supposed to be 5K pace, mile threshold, 5K pace. So, What were your recoveries? Um, jog a lap between the miles and then a minute between each four. Yeah, you want nice. me to read the numbers out here? I've got them open in front of me. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> Go ahead. Four, yeah. 448 for the first mile and then 66, 64, 63, 64. And then 446, 65, 64, 63, 61. Come home wow. strong. It was definitely Absolutely. the float recoveries in the quarters that hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> that is far from an 82. <laughs> I don't know. I was Confidence booster. I think it was the... <laughs> um, but, yeah, we've actually got a pretty good group there. But, like, training with young kids, they just love fanging those last two or three reps. So I don't mind it. I can just sit on the back of them and then I'll never let them win a rep so I'll kick around them in the last little 20-30 metres Can I ask about the footwear <laughs> here Like, and this can lead into what you're going to wear for Zatapak because I know a lot of the on guys are rolling the spray painted white dragonflies is that what you're doing? Yep. No, they're the Nike ones they're the <laughs> Nike ones that Nike brought out Oh yeah they did like actually the, didn't they? No like they, yeah they were the genuine they were, they were literally made for non-Nike athletes 
But the original pair. I don't have a pair of yeah, them. Yeah, you use white out on yours. Um, no, I don't really like the the on guy is um pretty okay with me wearing shoes because unless they have a spike, then they're okay with people wearing that's something that's not theirs. Yeah, I actually I think that's like respectable because they pretty much came out and said like. We can't do it yet. We can't make those shoes yet, but we're in them. Like we're going to do it. So wear something that will make you feel comfortable. Wear something that you feel good in, rather than run in like either those flats that we've got or like old shitty victories, which is what I ran in last year. And I almost died after that. Yeah. So that's a good confidence boost to work out. We know what shoes you're wearing. And then did you get out for a Sunday long run? I did. I did 28K, two, hour, two and a bit hours. So, yeah. No, it was a good week. 151, I think. So two good weeks. That's good. We're going to put a time on it because you asked who's out of X, 28.51. And the, that was two years ago, uh, three years ago because we missed a year, I reckon. And then maybe 30.03. So kind of yeah, two contrasting you. runs for you. Yeah, that's shocking. Yep, that felt fucking terrible. But um, I was just coming back from a, an injury, and I um, this was last year. I'll just bring out my book of excuses. Nah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't a great run, so hopefully I can run better than that. And, yeah, judging on the, the last couple of weeks, I'll, I'm going to try and give it a good crack. Like PB, um, going to chase time. Yeah, I think so. I'll just sit on that group for as long as I can, and then if I blow up, I blow up. Yeah, should be some good people around that mark. We might quickly get some names from you at the end to hear your tips. Uh, Luke, tell us about the internship to start off with. What are you actually doing? Um, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm doing a, a private equity internship, so um, I'm in my final... Well, I'm doing a subject now, and then I have, I think, two subjects left that I want to finish by June. But um, I haven't got much on my resume, so I kind of tried to source a bit of work experience slash internship. So um, ended up um, having a having a friend who works for this, or he actually owns the company or runs the company. So uh, I've reached out to him, and he said, "Yeah, come up for as for as long as you want." So drove up to Sydney, um, and yeah, doing this. I'm doing three weeks up here. So private equity is essentially. Um, it's almost like yeah, the way that it works is like yeah, a company will like a, a bit like a, the private equity company will buy small companies, um, kind of run the business and, and and redo the whole business and then hopefully sell them for for a massive profit in a few years time. So um, I kind of would like to eventually one day get into uh, like M and A and just kind of transactions or deals and this is like a like the perfect work experience. So so yeah, and then once this is. Huh? Are you the coffee boy? <laughs> yeah, so I've just been going to the coffee, going to the coffee shop every day. <laughs> um, yeah. And then once this is done, I'm doing a. Um, well, it's kind, it's kind of. I mean, it's kind of a bit of a blessing in disguise being injured because it's actually giving me time to focus on other shit. Um, but yeah, then once this is done, I'll, I'm actually doing a. Um, I'm actually doing a, a banking internship at a smaller investment bank. So that'll be another six-week program, and then. Hopefully I got a I don't know 
I might need to get a job because I'm still not sure what's happening in my contract. <laughs> is this? Have you ever worked part time and stuff, or is this the first time you've done some work? Um, you've been a professional I've, I've athlete pretty much straight out of school, weren't you? Yeah, we got you two days in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I worked I worked briefly at an accounting firm in 2015 and 2016. Um, just I was doing like three days a week because I originally wanted to do accounting and then I realized that it wasn't for me. Um, but no, besides that, I did like a few casual jobs, like, you know, kind of year 10, year 11 until maybe like 2014, 2015. But yeah, I pretty much since I reckon the tail end of 2016, that the only thing I've been doing is really coaching as like, which is as, as part of like a job. But yeah, I've, I've been fortunate enough that I've been able to survive off running, which has been good. But mm. hey, the, the gravy train has to stop one day. Yeah, well, tell us about um, how you're progressing to get the gravy train back going. What's the training <laughs> week look like? Um, yeah, this one was a bit of an interesting week um, because I came. So, actually, fuck, I better get my strawberry. Um, so, bit of an interesting week. Um, I came back from the wedding. So, I was best man of my best mate's wedding. Um, on it was on Saturday, but it was a three-day event. So we came back on Monday, um, and I yeah I was like I um I actually didn't drink or do anything at the wedding, um, but I was just so tired from the weekend because I just I don't know I just feel like I just slept shit every night. So when I came home on the Monday, I literally got into bed and I, I napped from like twelve to like four o'clock or something, like four hours in the middle of the day is just not on and then um so yeah that was that was monday and then on the tuesday i got out for um i did five by three minutes so i kind of um i kind of came to a bit of a realization that running on a treadmill probably i don't know i just feel like i need to just i feel like i just needed to get out and um just get out and just pound the pavement and just get my body used to a, a, a bit of other stuff so went out for five by three minutes and i did the three minutes at about um Oh, they'll probably like, I don't know, probably like somewhere between 350 to 410 pace. Um, muggy, still feeling a little bit breathy from COVID, so I didn't feel overly great, but got the, got it done, f- pulled up feeling okay. My Achilles felt all right, so that was good. Um, I originally had the intention of um, going out for an elliptical for like an hour that night, but I only made it 30 minutes, piss week. Um, and then... On Wednesday, um, I got out for an elliptical session, and that was 15-minute warm-up, two sets of so that yeah so the two sets of 10-minute tempo, two minutes recovery, and then five by one minutes of 30 seconds. Um, so yeah, 20 minutes of tempo and then 10 by one minutes essentially. Um, and then I forgot that I said this, but no cool down on the elliptical because I'm a worm. I don't even know what I meant by that, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I also went to the gym on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been going to the gym. I, I've been going to the gym. I try to go three times a week, um, but I've probably been more like two times of late. So yeah. Um, gym on the Wednesday. So I think I went just before that. Yeah. Uh, and then on the Thursday, I did five by four minutes um. Yeah. So the yeah, on the Thursday I got out. For, I, I went out to Faulkner Park again, which is a, a park just near my house. Uh, by four minutes of one minute recovery. Um, sunny. It was actually that warm, and I I usually try to 
when I, I usually only go tops off when I'm feeling really fit or if I'm looking a little bit lean, which doesn't happen that often. But it was so good that I actually ran in Forkner Park with my top off, scared a few people away. But I was at 8.49 a.m., so there wasn't too many people out, which was good. Um, <laughs> bit of stuff. Did that feel a fair bit better than the three-minute reps? Um, uh, yeah, it felt a little bit better, actually. felt a little bit better. Um, yeah, that one was good. I Yeah. Um, Bit of sub four minute yeah, work there too, three fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's so fucked. Like these these runs that I've been doing, right? Like I've been doing four minute jogs, three minute jogs, whatever it is, and I just like I just don't know how I've ran like three thirty five for fifteen hundred. Like I feel like I've, I like I'm like it, it, I'm not sure whether it's just like I'm. I'm amazed at how unfit I am or I'm amazed at the point I'm at now that how quick that thing actually is. But yeah, running, build, building back up to running when you're unfit, coming off an injury, um, it's pretty humbling. Um, it makes okay. you so grateful when you get going as well though. Like when you get back to running 335, you're going to be like thinking about it a whole different way. Yeah, yeah and you really I'll, do just have to reset the benchmark like and just celebrate the improvements. I found that. Well, after having Billy, my new uh, clean slate and my new, you know, jogging pace was, you know, closer to sort of five minutes. But you find when you do improve, it's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Like, I know everyone says, like, you got to enjoy the journey, rah, 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 and all that stuff. But, fuck, it's... <laughs> Pretty, pretty miserable, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> get going, but those first, when you get back into sessions, you can progress really quickly. Like it does take a while to get going, but yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, I don't know. I got like I got to com- like I suppose Jess is somewhat in it, and then you got to commend people that like can just run so well off um cross training and or like the people that do no running at all and then they run for like a couple of months and they're just like automatically back in like i don't know there must be a lot of mental toughness in that and clearly i have none of that um and then i don't have anything i don't have anything in the friday i can't i can't actually remember i mustn't have done anything um but i did go to the gym on the friday i remember that and then i actually on thursday after i did the five by four minutes i actually caught up with jr um, I texted him. I texted him saying I'd realised that I hadn't actually caught up with him face to face since I had um, since I'd actually joined him. So kind of just sat down, had a bit of a plan, talked about what we're going to do over the next few weeks, and then what I wanted from a from him as a coach. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much me just saying like I wanted because I don't really know where I'm at because I'm unfit, injured. I, I kind of just need to just be told what to do as opposed to like having my own spin on things so i think that'll be good to kind of get my get my shit back but i was obviously going to sydney driving to sydney on the saturday so i said let me just get my bearings right and then um we'll get it sorted and then on saturday um